yeah, the weather's, the weather's having a mood swing. That's right. Well, we do live in a coastal climate. (laughs) I, I always used to, yeah, I used to think, oh, well, it's like me. (laughs) (laughs) You, you suit the climate. Yeah. We're coastal climates. Yes. I can't imagine living where anywhere else. Like I I can't imagine living in the middle. So I have a friend who lives in Colorado. She's like, it's sunny again, or it's snowing. And then it's sunny later. Like they just have clear skies all of as much as we have not clear skies. (laughs) Yes. As much as we have that. Yes. Gray gray sky that just cloud cover sheen of. That way we're not sparkly vampires. It's perfect. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the Astrologic Lab podcast. Um, uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Jennifer. um, And I have a Virgo sun, a Leo moon, and a Gemini rising. And today I feel like this is... um, helping me to verbalize my understanding of things. I've actually felt like my brain has been my ally and more on that later, which I don't always feel that way. Mm. So Mm. I'm making friends Mm -hmm. with my brain folks. Mm. That could change just like the coastal climate (laughs) tomorrow. Check back in. Um. (laughs) I mean, uh, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. Ebb and flow. Right. Indeed. And I'm Lindsay. I have a Pisces sun and a Capricorn moon and a Pisces rising. Um, and today I understand that this is becoming really helpful for me as I continue to practice trusting my instincts and setting my boundaries and not seeing kind of the relationship between that Capricorn and Pisces energy or the way those two signs might interact with this world. It, seeing it less as attention and more of an integration and realizing just how helpful it's been to have that Capricorn moon in there so that, you know, I can navigate this corporal realm as a divine being it's really (laughs) (laughs) navigating the thanks thanks capricorn moon for helping me put on this skin suit and play along with the others (laughs) with the muggles it's time to cosplay (laughs) as a person who has their shit together um no i just i just feel more and maybe it's my age too maybe it's you know turning 40 and all that i just feel like a much more complete whole integrated being I, I don't know maybe that'll relate to you and you're not fighting with your own brain type of yeah thing. fascinated to hear more about that but I just I don't know I'm feeling like less ethereal and more solid these days yeah. <laughs> and more just like no this is who I am and I'm not it's not that attitude of like and take it or leave it it's just like and I'm gonna quietly be over here yeah and yeah you're invited uh, and you're also there's a gate it swings both ways. Like the door is open. I saw, I shared something the other day that felt really resonant with that, which is, yeah, the door is open. You want to come in, come in. 
Mm-hmm. You want to go, it's cool. And there's also, you know, invitations and uninvitedness happening, but like yes. in general, yeah, openness. Yeah. yeah. Well, loving it. I love that. You know, so to speak a little bit more deeply about that Capricorn Pisces connection, because it's super important for right now for everyone, actually. Ah. Because Pluto has been in Capricorn. And it's the planet of transformation and rebirth. And so that kind of transformation that we're all feeling around Capricorn energy, which is dominant structure, to some degree, patriarchal structure, Mm -hmm. colonizing Mm -hmm. father authoritative energy, right? Something that says, hey, I'm the principal of this earth school. And here are my rules and my time limitations. Did you do the fucking homework? You're going to go to detention. You have been expelled. Um, that kind of vibe, right? Capricorn. Oh yeah. No, that resonates with my Capricorn is Strickland. I always do my homework to the future. Yeah. 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 You're doing your homework because your Capricorn moon is like better have my homework done. And, and that's, that's a, that's a very important piece as we grow older too, like, I think that that's true. And astrology has those cycles where you're moving towards what I'm going through right now, which is a Uranus opposition, which they call in, in normie culture, a midlife crisis. So stay tuned, buckle up. Like, (laughs) how'd you feel solid now? Cause I'll, can we just say midlife transformation? Midlife transformation. Yeah. Midlife breakthrough. It really is. It doesn't have to be a crisis. No. A breakthrough. It can be a transformation. Yes. But yeah, that the culture does frame it that way. Yeah, the culture frames it that we can frame it. Attitude toward aging is just well, and because it's because it's Uranus, it's a little bit chaotic energy, which you know. Mm-hmm. makes sense that they would, that some would, especially some would experience it as crisis, but more yeah. importantly, it's breakthrough and it's, yeah. um, Uranus represents the disillusion of authoritative control from external circumstances. So Ooh. it's like, Oh, I can break through from a perspective of wisdom that has been accrued uh-huh right uh-huh. like we're not spring chickens and this is what you're I think in some degree mm-hmm. some some regards starting to feel really f- fully that we can't feel when we're fucking 20 whatever that we can't even feel when we're 30 whatever like it really starts to happen around 36 38 this tunnel we enter um because we have that third Jupiter return which is about growth and expansion Mm-hmm. And we're working towards now in earnest towards um, the, the Uranus opposition. And then there's this whole tunnel through the forties that leads you through um, that you have your Uranus opposition, and then you have another Jupiter return and at 48, and then you have your Chiron return at 50 and then your Saturn second Saturn return at 54, 56 ish. Right. So there's these yeah. transits that all start to cut and they work in, con- you know, in orchestra, they work in concert yeah. with each other to, to help us kind of, um, you know, figure out how to be in a meat suit in this <laughs> corporal world, as you yes. so graciously fucking put it. So I think that that's, I mean, that's, in and of itself a very important knowing because then we say oh i'm not crazy i'm living this experience and i f- i feel like the cycles can help us understand what 
you know, how to breathe into that, how to love ourselves in that space, because there are liminal spaces that feel really uncomfortable. Um, and we always have them. And so back to, so Pluto in Capricorn and then, you know, Jupiter's in Pisces right now. And that is a sextile, um, uh, Mercury's in, in, um, uh, sorry, not Mercury. Um, Neptune's been in Pisces for a really long time too. And we just had a Neptune Pisces conjunction a little bit ago. So our dreams are meeting up with our, with our growth and expansion in that spiritual realm. We're like awakening. This is why everybody's talking about this great awakening and, and, and there's a spiritual awakening. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the reason why like psychedelics are becoming legal in in many places now, and people are kind of like going on ayahuasca trips and it's becoming like shamanic. We're all talking about, you know, white people are finally discovering what, you know, indigenous peoples have always known is that the inner realm has has something very um, important to bring onto the side of the veil. So that that whole sex that sextile arrangement the sextile aspect is helpful and like you say you know it's helpful to have this ethereal dreamlike um kind of you know devotional space that is pisces energy mm-hmm. that's emotional and intuitive and then have that kind of practical like i live in my this world and i have to you know manage my time in a way that makes me feel good and those things can be in you know, in, in cahoots with each other and they can, I think, yeah, I think that's so funny. Cause one of the ways that tension always shows up for me is that I largely believe a lot of the rules of this society are ridiculous, but at the same time, I'm a rule follower. Right. Um, I, and maybe I'm a trouble avoider is what I am. Or a drama <laughs> avoider. Um, but you know, sometimes I can feel like, gosh, like, wouldn't, wouldn't I be a better uh, arbinger of change if I actually fought against the rules that I think are ridiculous instead of just like playing along and going with it. But I'm, the older I get, the more I understand why that has been so helpful to me. And now I'm going into this whole other uh, space and career and, stuff where like, thank goodness, I, you know, during my, definitely during my punk rock years and during my drug addled years, good thing that I had that in there to be like, yeah, but let's not talk shit to the cops today. Right. Let's not really get into some shit. (laughs) Let's go ahead and just encourage our friends to go hide behind that dumpster when we smoke that joint, like back when it was illegal to do so. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, it keeps, you know, I often, I often think about my Virgo son in that way where it's like in, in the fourth house, nonetheless, it's like, I always had to look my parents in the eye and tell them, you know, lies, (laughs) but I have to be able to like, still feel like if they knew the truth, they would still love me. So it kept me on a certain kind of, so there's something about earth energy I think that keeps you earth side and reminds you that you have to be tethered to the earth in some way. And I think earth energy is important, but again, we are transforming that to say, okay, but aren't some of these rules absurd? Like they really are like created these things out of nothing. And now they cause us suffering. Like, is that actually a vibe? No, 
yeah yeah I think I think what I'm getting at is that I've I've um felt a lot of tension and stress over the futility of it all and feeling yeah. like I'm not doing enough and feeling like I've not made enough change and like right part of this uh, phase of my life right now is that things are coming together so that I actually can yeah. make the kinds of change that I want to make. And um, that's a very exciting place to be in life where I feel like I'm not quite fully functioning, living in my Dharma. Oh, but I can taste it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I'm like, I know now that I am on the, the slow and steady path. That's going to win the race yeah. for my you know, my, my karmic yeah. journey here. And, um, it's really, really exciting and it feels really good. Um, yeah, I'm just feeling very integrated and whole right now. And I'm very grateful that I, I kept it together because there were many, many years where, you know, I did, you know, even as a kid, I would just be like out there with my face in the sunshine, wishing I could just dissolve into the cosmic realm and like let <laughs> me go back <laughs> merge like, with me yeah, merge merge <laughs> can't I just merge with these flowers like I just I didn't uh, I mean, it took it was just really hard to exist did in you? the world but uh, I had that Capricorn moon to be like no no we can do this and be a straight A student just play yeah. along and you'll yeah, yeah. have advantages ha handed to you right Right. And, um, pantomime and that'll help you survive right well and that's yeah I think that's that's a good the survive is a good word for earth signs too like the survival instinct is very strong tethered to tribal stuff root chakra stuff understanding yeah. you know that kind of executive function that comes from yeah you know it's like yeah and it can be both things I think we're recognizing now more than ever that while, and there, there's a time and place for all of those things. And there's so many people who've relegated like the absurd or the imaginary or that Piscean kind of dream space to like nonsense, right? It's like, I, I'm reminded a lot of Alice in Wonderland, like such nonsense, you know, like right, right. about like, oh, how it would just be like <laughs> such nonsense. Yes. And it's like, well, okay, but there's a place for that. And um, it's yeah. not just in our childhood and the more we can kind of embrace the sensual nature of our being, which is to imagine ourselves mm -hmm. in different places. And maybe some of those come true. And, you know, it's because it started in a yeah. dream space and like you, you know, it's, it's like innovative space. That's yeah. where innovation is born. It's I'm fucking sure, you know, people are always, I, if, in a, especially in this country are all, you know, it's all about competition and, mm -hmm. you know, competition is the, is that the quote competition is the mother of invention or something like that. Something I, don't like know that. What the quote I think is, it's also it, the father of bullshit, but you know, whatever. But it's like, something. you know, yeah, cooperation and intuition can be mm -hmm. much and inter greater interdependence, of, right? Like we don't have to be dependent or independent. We can be interdependent and understand. Well, the truth is that we're inter we're interdependent no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So take your pick. You can be interdependent and cooperative, or you can be interdependent and competitive. Right. But that to be competitive means someone has to lose right now. And there's really so many people playing that game involved as human beings to this point where we can look around us and go, I don't want anybody to lose. No, 
No, I'm not here on this planet so that I can win at the expense of somebody else. Like, I don't believe in that. Mm -mm. And that's, you know, I I think that's, yeah, agreed. So (laughs) we we talked about, so let's bring this around because here we are spinning. Yeah, here we are. Um, So we decided um, a few days ago when we were actually going to record the podcast, but then decided to decide some things instead. Um, But we decided that we're talking about astrology as it relates to how we cope with living on the planet at this time. That's like what our podcast is doing, being. Yeah, thanks. I thought that was really important for us to really define like, yeah, what are we even, why are we even doing, why is it important? Why is it important to you and me? Why is it? And, and And I think you hit it right on the head. Like you were just like, what are we, you know, we're talking about this in this way for this purpose. Yeah. And, and that's just, yeah, that's what astrology did for me. The first time I had a a really proper chart reading was just like, oh, it, it explained a lot about where I, you know, why I had made some of the choices that I had made up until that point and kind of gave me this sense of like, oh, it's okay. It, it was like, it gave me permission to be who I am. Is yeah, that, yeah. does that sound weird? No, kind of, I think my students the same do that. Feeling I had, it's like the same feeling I had when I, when I finally figured out my bipolar type two, and it was just no, like, oh my God, there's a name for this. Right. It's like getting a good diagnosis. <laughs> You're like, like, oh, oh, this is a real thing. And then like, I'm not I don't imagining know, getting, it. I'm getting not those crazy. really in-depth chart readings and going like, oh, it makes perfect sense now why I have, I develop anxiety when I try to work against this aspect of my nature. So for me, it's like yeah. when I try to work a desk job and have a really strict schedule, my, I can do it. I can do that. Well, like but a pinched fist, right? Like my, yeah, but my anxiety and depression and my mental health suffer as a result. And the more, and it was like getting my chart, it was like, oh, okay. Like if I can pay attention to this, I can actually create a life that is in alignment with who I am just in my divine flow. And I don't have, you know, as much tension. Now I do still have, I don't, I'm not going to say I do still have bipolar type two. Those things are different. Yeah. Yeah. So like, don't get it twisted. Anybody out there who's like dealing with mental health issues or like get, you know, we can get really into the weeds on what the difference is between a brain disorder and a mood disorder and a Right. Well, and this is what you're studying to some degree. Yes, this is. Cool. So it's on your mind. Exactly what I'm studying. So So I mean, like, this is well, and that's not go there, but it's still just (laughs) it's just to say that you know one one of these things is something that you you maybe can control a little bit. We're not talking about a not talking about anxiety or depression in terms of. Yeah. you know, a debilitating disorder that's causing you. Right. You're talking about like, like maybe an acute I'm talking about episode the, that happens that you were like, wow, I have, I'm experiencing anxiety as a feeling. Yeah. Well, it's just, I just, there's some of these things come about because somebody has a genetic, um, 
you know, whatever structure happening in their brain that is releasing chemicals on a, you know, in a disordered way so that they're behaving in a certain way. And right. then there are folks who, you know, experience a traumatic event or traumatic right. brain injury or whatever. There's just so many ways that people find themselves experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression. And that it's a broad spectrum of like, who maybe could address some of those by changing a lifestyle right and who really needs to get in with some medication to support them right. as they go through their like there it's such a, yeah, it's a whole I don't ever want to try to say like oh I got my chart read and then yeah. I was able to cure my anxiety and depression right. sorry right. I was just like holy no, crap but- I really hope that's not how that came off because they no absolutely not what I'm saying. Well, and to drive home what you I are didn't saying, get my chart read and top stop taking my meds. No, yes. this is <laughs> these are no, different so like things. To say what you are saying, I think and what I'm hearing you say and what I think is true about astrology and is really important too mm-hmm. is that there is a uh, something about um the way that astrology can help validate some of the ways that are part of your core nature or ways that you are that you're like, oh, like I thought or even find superpowers. Like, oh, I thought Mm -hmm. everybody kind of experienced things this way, right? Like I have, Mm. you know, there's placements where you're like, and and, uh, an astrologer will read them and they'll say, you know, um, oh yeah, well, you've got Mercury in Leo. So you have a very defined kind of speaking voice. You want to be heard and seen. And in fact, you know, because it's in your third house, if you're not seen and and felt and heard within your local community there's actually it's kind of like really painful for you or it causes anxiety right because Mm -hmm. you know we look to you know mercury can often um indicate maybe how we get mentally triggered or um experience some kind of mental um activity not i wouldn't say disorderedness or you know and but Right. When, when Mercury is moving right now, it's in its pre-shadow in, in Taurus, um, as we record this podcast, you know, um, there's the, so the people born right now, you know, their brains are slow and steady having this mental acuity that allows them to, um, you know, ground in and different things. So like, there is validation where it's like, oh, my brain might be working this way and you can kind of watch it and validate that. And that is, yes, very yeah. different than saying like, I have this condition yes. in my brain that kind of cycles yeah. in this certain way or, you know, and yes, it's or by biology. Horrific, violent trauma in my life, but right. my chart says I should be yeah. through this. No, right. right. Like, Oh, works. well, that was my Saturn return. And I, we're you not know, fortune this... tellers. That's not how this yeah. works. No. Um, and I use astrology often as a tool for create like evolution, right? It's a tool for evolution. It's a tool mm. for self awareness. It's a tool yeah. for, um, for me growing up, it was definitely a tool for understanding myself and others because I yes. found it so baffling how other people acted and yes. it helps me to understand that there's such a range, right? So when we look at the whole wheel of the Zodiac wheel, right? And we see all mm-hmm. the signs and all of the planets kind of moving through and all their relationships, we can start to maybe form a mythology around you know, what's going on in a transit or who we are as people. And I just find that really interesting. And especially when we talk about, you know, coping with living on the planet at this time, 
Yeah. It's super important to just remember that there's so much at play. And I think the archetypal language of astrology can help you express that maybe. And I think that's also why when we're in transition times like this, people flock to mysticism and or traditions like astrology, which can also be dangerous when you're trying to like bypass shit or say, oh, this is, I'm not an asshole. This is my Scorpio moon or whatever. The right, you right, say. right, right. You know, like, no, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. That, maybe that's your unhealed Scorpio sure. moon. Yeah, right? I have an unhealed it's not an Scorpio excuse. Moon, so I'm going um, to <laughs> wreak havoc. No, but I mean, like people do this all the time with like personality tests, like Myers-Briggs and stuff to go like, what career is right for me and like right you're getting your chart read is just a, as valid a way to to yeah. kind of seek information like that if you want a more well-rounded well, so understanding what is your life. midheaven in so for career we look to midheaven right but anyway so like, look to midheaven yeah. how would I know that how do I find what my midheaven is it's the mc it's the top it's the top of your chart it's the it's the it's the split between the ninth and the 10th house, that's your midheaven. Oh, but like the line between the ninth and 10th house. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. So those are, well, so for those who want to look yes. at your chart, that's something anyways, but there are so many ways to look at a chart and, and split things. So we also decided that we're going to talk a little bit about what the astrologic lab is doing um, at yeah. the top of the hour and then also um do a little maybe update of like what cosmic thing happened to us so we're like introducing a couple of different pieces to the podcast today yeah gosh I mean it'd be so great to get some feedback from people and uh-huh. find out from anyone who's listening whether or not any of this is making any sense at all or are just, the two of us we're just talking into the void like what's up I know we have listeners. We have like something like 75 to a hundred normal listeners. Um, they're great. I know. I, I mean, if there were 75 people in this room, I'd be fucking stoked. So (laughs) I don't know. It feels like not a lot when you think about podcasts, but I don't give a fuck to some degree. Yeah, exactly. That's not, I don't think I, but I would love to hear feedback if some people wanted to write to us you can send emails to jennifer at paintedgoddess.com oh my gosh yes send us emails about you know maybe they have questions about stuff that they'd like us to talk about or topics they'd like us to cover yes different things they're coping with on the planet at this time and we can what yeah (laughs) seriously because I mean I just I I really rely on your expertise and knowledge in this. Um, I'm grateful that you've a- asked me to be your co-host, but I do love you keeping us all informed of where the transits are right now and kind of what's coming up. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd love to know. I like to know kind of, gosh, remind us what happened in those transits last week, because right. maybe that lines up with some stuff that happened. Help bring that into focus a little bit. Well, so, yeah, like this, so the new moon is coming, right? We are having yeah. a new moon on Saturday. Um, we're recording this on Friday, the, the 29th. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I got us 
skipping ahead already. Did you want to update yeah. us on the astrological? I mean, I feel yeah, like yeah. that really needs let's to be Let's do like, that. Let's do that. Let's, so, let's so in that, the top, 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 I teach, I teach astrology just, um, in a, in a pretty chaotic way, I suppose, but what I, <laughs> not unlike this podcast, kind of like this, you know, like I'm a chaos, witch. like, welcome. I don't know what, what else I'm not, I'm not promising, um, you know, I, I often tell my students like astrology doesn't necessarily like fix anything, but it certainly can give you a perspective, yeah. and, you know, so, so for those of you who are contemplative people who like to kind of contemplate the cosmos and, and think of, um, everything kind of as a metaphor, you know, astrology is for you, right? Like, I think that it's really nice to get to know the planets as a personified, situation as um this living being thing and right now the sun which is you know um the solar uh center of our universe right <laughs> or center of our solar system solar um we are we are now seeing that that we're moving through taurus and um so we're talking about taurus season in the lab what does taurus the archetype of taurus mean taurus is of course the bull um, and the fixed earth sign. So we're talking about what planets are in Taurus right now, how to check out Taurus in your chart. Even if you don't have any planets in Taurus, Taurus kind of rules one of the houses in your chart. So for instance, you know, um, I had a student, we had a class, they had, you know, Taurus, I believe it was in the sixth house with no planets in there. And so, well, what does that mean? You know, people always want to know what empty houses or whatever it looks like. And so we talk about random shit like that, according to like where the cosmos are right now. So again, right now we're talking about Taurus season in the lab. Mm -hmm. And then I did a bunch of work last year around Venus. And so there's some Venus harvest uh, workbook, you know, um, and support classes in the lab where we talk about what does it mean to engage with that Venus um, energy? Um, how can you activate that in your life? How does it move through? Venus has a very interesting transit and she has a return for everyone around eight, um, uh, like 18 months and mm-hmm. goes retrograde every so often and has this whole kind of like divine, beautiful, she's like dancing, you know, and there's this really beautiful way to engage with Venus. And, and some of that was inspired by the work of Ariel Gutman, who does the five point star Venus um, work and other astrologers who, you know, really focus on Venus. So we're talking about that in the lab. Wow. And that's so cool. It is so where, where can people go to check out the, the lab and the resources and sign up if they want to, or. Yeah. So you can go to paintedgoddess.com and, um, there's a, there's a few places where you click on and it just tells you about the lab. It's a monthly membership. We have live classes. There's tons of archived stuff and workbooks. Um, I don't, it's, you know, you learn, it's not me doing it for you you put in the work. So there's time, right? It's not for everyone, but if you want to spend a couple hours a week learning a new language and um, doing some self-reflection in a supportive group of like pretty amazing fucking people, then I think the lab is a really great place to land and and learn astrology. Um, The next class that we have is um, on Sunday, the 8th. 
okay. of May, and we're gonna do actually like a transit um, Q and A, which means we're gonna look at where all the planets are. And then we're going to relate them to our own natal chart. And this is always how we do this in the lab. We say, okay, well, what's happening and what's happening? How, how is that moving through with me? Right. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like if sun is entering Taurus, where does that mean it's in my chart, right? What houses that in, is it going to conjunct any of my natal planets in my chart? Cause these are all opportunities to get in alignment with that solar energy, that vital resource, um, refill your kind of cup a little bit. So um, and even if you just use it as a witch from witch work perspective, it's really powerful, right? To kind of put those elements um, into play with some of your um, rituals or, um, uh, you know, of course now it's spring. So it's like, are we gardening? Are we, you know, spring cleaning? Are we freshening our space? Are we looking at what we want to keep in our life, right? And um, so the things that we have, we have to take care of and we sustain them. And that is something that Taurus season teaches us. And so we um, are deeply reflecting on that piece of our lives in the lab right now. And then, you know, of course it's informed by the rulership of Venus, Venus ruling Taurus. So that's a long-winded piece, but yeah, paintagoddess.com. And you can go check it out and sign up. And if you want, if you're listening to this and you want to come to a class for free, um, just email me at jennifer at paintedgoddess.com and maybe um, tell me why you want to come to a class and check it out. And yeah. yeah, and I'll get you in there. You can come hang out and see what it's like. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, I, I, I'll admit to anybody listen to everybody yeah. I I tried my hand at the astrologic lab kind of at the beginning I guess of the um you know summer 2020 maybe somewhere yeah. in there. whatever is happening and it really is like you do have to do the work yeah. or you can feel like you've fallen behind in class right. and then you can go back and like play catch up if you want I wasn't at a personal place in my life where I was able to sustain it so yeah yep but and it's not for, it's definitely I learned not for, so much in each, you know, lesson that, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. It, it really seems like the kind of place where you could do like self-discovery for self-discovery's sake, or if you're training to go be an astrologer yourself and provide chart readings and other kinds of services for other people, like it, it's like you're teaching a whole new generation of people who can if maybe, maybe some of them go yeah. on to be teachers themselves. I hope so. I think that, that would know, be so cool. The way that I teach is very, um, you know, um, it's, it's very pedagogical, what is it, pedagogical, which means that it's like reciprocal, right? There's like this reciprocation. So it's yes. like, I might be the teacher, but I am not the guru. Like I'm guiding us through questions and we're talking about, yeah how, how, so like when somebody says, Hey, I have this empty house. It's in the sixth house. It's Taurus. It's like, what does that mean? It's like, okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about each of those things. And then why don't you tell me how it feels? Because you're probably the authority on it. If astrology works, by the way, yeah. if astrology is real, then you should be able to fucking tell me what it's about. And, and let's, let me help you guide, let, let me help you kind of maybe, you know, suss that out a little bit and yeah. and ask the right questions you know guided by some of the archetypal language that i happen to have stored in this fucking brain yeah, right yeah that's the uh that's just like the peer to peer counseling theory right. model yeah it's 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, 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 I do get on a soapbox and I definitely, I'm sure somebody somebody has to be a facilitator, but we all learn from each other. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh, so many insights have come in to, to the, to the classes, um, from students who quote unquote, you know, self, you know, self say like, I'm not really, you know, and I'm like, listen, that insight was amazing. So don't discount that intuition that comes through when you're, when you're contemplating stuff. I think it's really powerful. So in, in, in that vein, you know, we, we also want to talk about like what most cosmic thing happened. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really curious. I want to know what, so, so let's hear it. What was the most cosmic thing that happened to you last week, Jennifer? Yeah. So the, the most cosmic thing that happened last week to me has, I think to do with, um, this square that's going on is Mercury's in Taurus and Saturn is in Aquarius and Mercury like is hanging around Uranus. So they're squared at a fixed sign. It just means that there is like a, a 90 degree angle. Okay. And Saturn is all about structure, time limitations. You know, again, it's, it's the ruler of Capricorn and it has this really strict kind of structure and it being an Aquarius in my ninth house, it's very much like, oh, and this may be like, by the way, mine is going to be a little more like techie, whatever, maybe. And hopefully you follow it. Um, then maybe Lindsay's will be, but whatever. So in my ninth house, like mine, the ninth house is all about growth and, um, going to the source of information, wisdom, right. Higher, higher education. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like I, um, for all intent, like I have never actually done formal astrological training. Mm. never ever um I started learning astrology because my grandmother had books and shit in her attic and I used to play she was like go play in my attic and of course like it wasn't like she was giving me the things but there were books and tarot cards and all this stuff which by the way she had not ever told me she was like any kind of witch or whatever Mm -hmm. but um so uh yeah and so I started reading all of that stuff anyways I signed up and Mercury is in Taurus with Uranus. I signed up to go to a, um, astrological conference that's happening in, um, locally here. Um, the Norwalk is happening. So I paid my money and registered to go. I've never done anything as a professional astrologer and, um, yeah. And I'm fucking stoked. And so the Mercury piece yeah. and the Uranus piece is like, I had this breakthrough Uranus in my brain, Mercury around, you know, what made me worthy Taurus to be in those spaces. Now it's funny because of course mm. people have seen me teach and see me do things and they're like, you're great, you know, whatever. Like I never would me? have suspected that right. you felt like anything less than an expert right. or consummate professional. Right. Like, I mean, I I have zero credentials as an, uh, as an astrologer (laughs) certification course. And there is that. And by the way, if I wanted to, I could just create my own certification. You know what? There's such a thing for yoga too. And it's not real. No, like I could, (laughs) I could could create a certification and certify people without ever being certified by anyone, by the way, because it's not credentialed in a way that's whatever. It's not like, but I do think there's ethical practices with astrology that would make, um, you know, 
things like me getting my social working or my psych psychology uh, masters and psychology or something like that, you know, like, or psychotherapy or something like that. I've considered getting master's degrees in different modalities of things mm-hmm. so that it could help me be a better astrologer. But at any rate, mm. I just felt like that square challenge. You want to me. borrow my textbooks, you can. Right. <laughs> See, I mean, self-taught. So I, <laughs> So I think that I just fixed this limiting thought that like, you know, I didn't, not that I didn't think I belonged in those spaces, but, um, you know, to be just self, I'm self-credited. Like, I'm sorry. I I don't think you can live your whole life learning about something and then not be credentialed. And so this Saturn and Aquarius is like saying, cause Saturn is that limitation. Aquarius is freedom, fucking the revolution. It's like, if we want to put limitations and credentialed, you know, things on it, there better be a purpose. Like I can understand why you would want a surgeon to have however many hours of practice, right? Like, okay. okay. And I get, I get why you would want to have a straw, you know, some kind of association that accredits some things, but I just think, I don't know. So that can be a dangerous thought maybe, hmm. but I'm, but I'm just well, self-anarchist in you is really going to have to toil over that. I one. know the anarchist <laughs> in me sees the anarchist in you. I know. <laughs> is that like, um, it's not anything they, I, I, I want to know if there's a word for that, but that's lovely. Yeah. So uh. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there's that. And I wrote down my brain opened up, right. My brain just was like, Oh, yeah. I, I am a professional astrologer. Yeah. <laughs> Which everybody else probably would have already thought that I was calling myself that, but I had never thought of myself as professional. That's that's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild. Is that important? I don't know. We'll see. Well, you know, it's that happens though, where like, of course, we see you in a way that maybe it takes you a little longer to see that in yourself (laughs) that's so cool that you know that that little puzzle fell into place and yep all the just like do the thing Hmm? i said all the gear how about how about you what's the most cosmic thing that happened Um, i mean the the cosmic landscape that i had to navigate last week was pretty intense and so it wasn't, um, it wasn't just a purely awesome cosmic week. There were two like super diametrically opposed things happening at the same time. There was this one tension happening in my personal life that was very negative that I had to navigate. And then meanwhile, this big piece of my, uh, my professional and my academic life fell into place in this really graceful way mm. where I didn't have to force it. I love that. And it it's just like um you know it's so strange how that sometimes happens where like a really amazing thing can happen to you while a really shitty thing is happening simultaneously yeah. and and you know um yeah it threw me off balance but um in both cases I I was really able to tap into um like my heart and really lead with my heart which isn't just about me being vulnerable enough to go and like actually tell my friends that I'm going through a hard time with this thing in my personal life and like 
just get that off my chest. Like that's part of the heart. But the other part of the heart is, and I kind of mean it in the way that they do in the, in the chakras, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like heart the... is also a big source of your personal identity. Mm-hmm. And so here you are, it's this, you know, really vulnerable <laughs> place. Yeah. And, and, and yet you're also supposed to stand in your truth and right. <laughs> your identity in the most vulnerable place. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, so in both cases, like the heart really came into play for me last week where it was like it, it, I was able to be vulnerable and get support for the negative thing that was happening. But also I really stood my ground in, again, this like, you know, soft diplomacy kind of way. I wasn't like, you know, mean about it or anything, but I was, I was dealing, what I was dealing with at grad school was getting into my field study, uh, my field placement, which is an internship. And it's, it's a big commitment, um, not just because, you know, I'm a single mom that already works multiple jobs and goes to grad school. So where am I fitting an internship? Right. And, you know, quote unquote, you know, or labor that I'm basically, I'm paying for the privilege to work for them. Where am I fitting that in? Um, But I had this, you know, I had an advisor who just was like really kind of pushy about an opportunity, quote unquote, that I knew was not a good fit for me. And meanwhile, I had provided her already with a list of, of places that I had gotten personal referrals to. And she just ignored the list and kept to like push this other thing on me. And I really stood my ground. And then, and then she, lo and behold, she resigned. And I just like magically got a new advisor. And the first day I talked to her, I was like, here's this list of these places that I got referrals to. And within the, by the end of the day, I had an interview. Hell yeah. And within two days, I was accepted by a place that is exactly in alignment with everything that I already kind of philosophically believe. And I'm like, I'm a perfect fit for it. I'm exactly yes. what they need their exact, because this is a one year commitment. You yeah, don't have you to have to yourself for an entire year to a place where, you know, now I don't know exactly where I'm going to take uh, my social work degree yet, but I, I have a pretty good sense of a couple places I'm not going to go. And right. right. So why, why this, yeah. this was just amazing. And that was another that. thing of like, okay, I really like, I'm, this is a big deal. Why this is such a big deal for me to be in my heart and do that is because um, that's just something that I really struggle with. I really struggle with be staying vulnerable, staying open. Well, um, and, uh, you know, I've just, I've had a, a rough couple of like the last few years have been really trying and, you know, uh, I, I got hurt in a way that, you know, I, some people never recover from having their heart hurt in the way that mine was. And like, it just, it, and a lot of us experience that. And it's like, I could feel the moments where I really wanted to maybe let my heart just kind of scar over and like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go hide who I am I'll just and I'm my heart. over here and I'm just going to, you know, go through the motions of this life and like not uh, put my beautiful, vibrant self out there because, you know, then it's dangerous. It's dangerous out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like everything, like 
it's all shifting in this really beautiful and magical way where, like I said, I, I, the last time, so the last time something like that happened to me, a big, like cat catastrophic, uh, stab in the heart, kind of life, whatever was when was, let me see how many years ago. And maybe this is a transit you can tell me about the last time that happened was about 19, 20 years ago was about then. And, um, and so, and so then the next time, this time that it happened, we're now it's, um, nearly four years ago. So there was a good, like 15 to 16 year gap between two major events and witnessing the way I'm handling them so differently where last time, like, you know, I got hurt in such a way that I came out of it. Like I had to get real angry to be strong enough to face the world. And I had to get put on this real, like protective uh, armor every day and go out there and be like, I'm a badass bitch. And that was the only way I could survive. Yeah. You're like, whatever happened it is then. (laughs) <laughs> like that's who I had to become to survive what had happened yeah. to me that time. So yeah. here we are 16 years later and that's just not where I was in my life. And like, instead of it, I'm, it's, I'm like having those self-awareness moments of, oh no, this time it's this general, gentler, softer approach because I'm staying, I'm letting my heart stay yeah vulnerable and it's really really scary but when I have a week like I did last week where like it got pricked again however this this other really amazing thing happened at the same time to really like let me know don't lose it's okay yeah don't lose it off this is what happens when you keep it open and you stay true to yourself and you just yeah, put it, put yourself out there. Honestly, like it's, well, and this is, that was a very cosmic, like beautiful thing. that Right. Like things just kind of aligned. There's certain things that aligned. I think there's a few things at play here, you know, if I may, because Mars is in Pisces and Mars moving into Pisces is not comfortable. Um, and some would say it's armoring your heart in some way, but it, uh, you know, I love even thinking about this, and this is why I think um, living astrology and the mythology of it is always shifting. We think about Mars being the the champion, the warrior, mm. and the war chief. You know, um, but also the cheerleader, right? They're the enthusiastic. Mm. You know, um, it's Braveheart vibes. And to be fair, <laughs> it's yeah. to say, you know, in in Mars, I just got chills too. But like in mm. Mars, being in Pisces. Um, and that being your sun sign and your rising sign, I imagine it's moving through that 12th house of yours and, um, and could have aligned with your son as these things happen. And it's like, you know, we're going to keep you vital. We're going to keep you strong because you have to, again, Pisces, I think of as devotional and forgiving energy at its core. When we experience it, the sensual nature of being soft and creature and human and, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> Mars being there is like, no, like I'm going to advocate for my humanity. I'm going to stay fucking human as Michael yes. Fonte says it so well, stay human because mm-hmm. if I roboticize myself, if I, you know, scar mm-hmm. over everything, then it's not fucking worth it anyways. And the fight that Mars brings with that spiritual warfare, it's like, I'm going to fight for my soul. 
Yes. I'm going to stay in my truth. I'm not going to go somewhere that diminishes the reality that I want to see, because if I am the only light in the room fighting for that truth, then I will lose hope. And I need, I need that kind of, um, I need that kind of hope in my life. And so I think Mars showed the fuck up for you is what I think. It did. I think that's what happened. yeah, because I I know I've told you this before, and I th- I when we talked about this thing I was going through. Thank you for being one of those friends. I, I love like, you. <laughs> That's like, not easy. What, what did I say though? What I said was, I I feel so uncomfortable because it's making me angry, and yeah. being angry is an uncomfortable place for me. I'm it's so foreign to my nature, mm-hmm. to who I am that like I cannot hold anger and resentment and hate in my heart. I just can't. That is not who I am at the core of me. So it's almost like it's not even the thing that somebody else does that makes me so upset. It's just the right the me that rise that anger that. and that hate return. Mm-hmm. That's what upsets me so much because yeah. it's so uncomfortable for my nature. And then um and and then I think maybe it does remind me of who I had to become in the past in that other survival mode mode situation. Mm-hmm. I know her. Yeah. I know, I know that version of me that lives uh, with the anger and with the resentment and, and with the hatred. I know that version of me. Yeah. And uh, so I, I guess, I think that's what it was. I didn't really recognize it um as it was happening it's always in hindsight I guess yes yeah no there was something like like holy crap that's yeah that's absolutely what that was this well and I'm watching sense eight right now which is a Netflix show about these people who are like extrasensorily connected Mm yes I I watched that a while ago did you yeah so we didn't watch it a while ago now we're watching it but there was um there's a um there's a saying in it and they were and now I can't remember it because I've lost my train, but we were talking about just now. We um, were, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. Apparently <clears throat> let it go. But um, there's definitely a, um, a sensibility to being human and, and being that and, and advocating for that, because when we lose that, there's something that we abandon ourselves from. And I, I think that um, I think that Mars, while has yeah. really gotten a bad rap in terms of, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of shit that I think happened last year and the year before because of Mars retrograding, doing its thing and this anger that rises in people and they don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they exacted it upon each other as like this righteous kind of, situation and it just it can be really traumatic and so I'm sure there's some people who are you know like with Mars and Pisces you know the war upon the soft-hearted people is maybe a collective experience as well and when we look at countries who are and people and children and um, cultures and communities who are experiencing great trauma right now that reverberates out and um And so, you know, Mars also represents that ego when the ego is prioritized over, you know, um, Mm -hmm. the spiritual or the ethereal or the, even the experiential to say like, oh, well, might makes right. 
I have the guns, so I'm going to make the rules um, or whatever, we, we lose our humanity and all of that. So I think Mars and Pisces uh, collectively could be a really hard transit and, yes. and be involved in a lot of things that are happening right now because that that assertion of independence upon you know cultures who are vulnerable but when we take that into the personal like you are right and you've got these placements in Pisces and for you that can be this I'm reclaiming fighting for myself can be really powerful yeah I mean the message that I got sounds like it might be universally useful which is just that if you know stay soft and be mm-hmm. okay it, and that's a that's a beautiful thing that's a blessing it is like that is that is why you know that that's why that worked out for me so beautifully in that other place in my life it's not just that i stayed true to myself it's that the things about me that i do try to hide or hide from that that really trigger my vulnerabilities those are the exact things that made me perfect for this role right if those things had not happened to me if I had not coped with them in the way that I had like I would have not been a good fit for Mm -hmm. this place where I will now be able to help other people who have gone through similar things or are going through them right now yeah and um so I don't know I think that's really cool that like maybe that's that's part of that universal message too, is all the shit that's happening. Don't let it harden you. Don't let it, it make you into a monster. Don't let, yeah. don't let yourself, you know, let go of your, your true self, your divine self, the self of you that is, that wants to just love and be loved. And yeah, I don't know. It, it's working out for me this week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this week, this week I got the, I got the lesson. You got the message. Staying, staying soft, staying in the yeah. heart. And that's really interesting that that's where that is. Cause yeah, that yeah. I could have reacted very differently. Um, and it, and it would have been exactly that it would have me been, or ugh, I would have, yeah, norm, normally, or that past version of myself would have reacted in a very different way to the events yeah. of last week. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, and, and these things shift. This is the other thing. And so, you know, you asked a little bit about the cycle. Mars has a two-year cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, you know, every um, two years, it comes back around to the Pisces. So, you know, um, and there's some irregularity because it goes retrograde and some different things. But if you're interested in looking at any aspect of, or interest, you know, like, um, uh, part of our personality, especially Mars, Mars is a personal planet. It's our personal power. It's our personal individuality. It's the way we approach power dynamics or struggle. It can be our passions. Um, Mm -hmm. it can be the way we show up with passion. And so this has this two-year cycle. Mars is, you know, Mars is the terrible twos, right? When kids turn 12, two, they're just like fucking a force to deal with because they Mm -hmm. realize their own power, you know, and they're working that shit out. So, and when siblings are two years apart, guess what? They got the same Mars placement usually. (laughs) And so like, you can see how that works out. And it's funny how a lot of kids are born with two years apart and people think it's perfect. And maybe, maybe it's perfect, but they're both in the same war. Um, so it's really interesting. So fascinating. I love, I love looking at the cycles that way. Um, but, but yeah, Mars returning is a fairly 
consistent thing throughout our lives. Um, yeah. and, and that's that power. It's like, okay, well, let me look at the power dynamic, um, coming back again and, um, coming back to a certain place in our chart, right. Even if you don't have a regular placement, it's not a Mars return for you. Um, cause I think we both have Mars in Libra. Yeah, we do. But, we um, do. but it's like, cause, and we're born two years apart. So it's like, you know, we have the same war, like, so, which is justice, which is in Libra, <laughs> you know, so a social Shocker. justice war. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone's shocked. Um, <laughs> oh, but it's like, you know, I think that when you look at what you're fighting for from your natal placement, and then when you think about just Mars moving through your chart and kind of giving you power in those certain places, you know, especially if your Pisces is mostly that 12th house, it's like power in the darkness, power in those dark transformative spaces. You can bring so many things to it. And when, again, when you, when you, when you receive that message and you receive that teaching and you think of it, even if it's in hindsight, you can say, Ooh, I feel that, you know, and I think that's why astrology can be powerful. So, well, yeah, this, that realization right there, connecting that, integrating mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. those experiences of last week to all of this was what helped me go oh I'm okay yeah yeah oh, you can kind of okay. yeah you oh, relax I, into your I'm soft me too okay. oh I'm doing <laughs> fine I am enough yeah I am enough. we have compassion well and Taurus, Taurus season also speaks to this right the sun in Taurus is asking us to be home in our body Ooh, um I I have a I'm, I'm going through a coaching program right now and I wrote so we're talking about emotional temperaments, you know, a lot. And, um, you know, my, the, 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 the empowering belief I took from it this week, my emotional house or home is a safe place, oh. right? If you think about your, you know, your emotional temperament, like in the way we trust ourselves, right? That anger that rises in you, like, does anger have a room in that house of yours? And is the door locked and it's boarded up and you fucking put things in there and then you shed the door, right? And you hold it in. But if you actually say, okay, listen, anger, I see you, you have some validity. There is things to be angry about. Let's talk about it instead. I'm going to give you a really nice place. We're going to insulate your room. If you want to go in there and scream, cool, maybe whatever. You can like make all sorts of like fun things. I about like this though. Emotional like home, this. right? So, so like we have been personifying aspects of ourselves. And some of this has to do with transpersonal psychology and thinking about like just the parts of ourselves that show up for battle, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, anger has a place and anger as, you know, people who were raised, um, as gendered women, the two of us, mm -hmm. um, we learned that anger is dangerous anyways. So there is some things where it's like, you know, it's hard for us to embody anger and hold it. Doesn't mean that we have mm -hmm. to learn to do that specifically, but we do need to honor some of the things that I think, you know, we get angry about. And find mm -hmm. a way to express them that's healthy for us and doesn't have us abandoning ourselves mm -hmm. or our values. And, yeah. and, and that's, you know, what I hear you saying in a lot of ways, it's like, when I get angry, I abandon, and I do this too, because I get, I can get real shitty real mm -hmm. quick if I'm angry and I'm not who I want to be. And so mm -hmm. remembering that I'm building and refortifying this emotional home that feels safe, right? Where my, my, my emotions have a place to express themselves um and which reminds me of a random comic that I read way long ago it's not relevant at all but maybe it is but anyways yeah that's funny yeah tangents can we can we do how many tangents in one podcast 
I don't know. Well, have we been on any? I don't, I don't think really the been limit on does not exist. Um, we're just tangential. Which no, is this is all. This is all like it's all connected. It's coping. all connecting a lot of dots for me. Like I, yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm you're giving me like notes to take to my therapist. I love that. Like, okay. And then I'm we're building an emotional. About... Yeah. So I was like, well, we we're talking about how we create these, you know, if you do meditation practice, like I've built in, um, in honor of Venus, mm-hmm. a love temple in mm-hmm. my car. And I go there when I'm meditating at times when I need oh. she, the, the, that's where my goddess lives, you know, in her oh. love temple in my heart. And there's it's blooming there's things and you know you just I love internal worlds and so I do that and when I learned this little yeah like learn this oh it's an emotional home I am you know I'm an I'm a home for my emotions and it's a safe place right and so what does that what does that feel like to be in this space and be like I can handle this I can stand this yeah I can actually I'm willing to feel any emotion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and feel it through and I know that it's not going to destroy me um and I also you know learn to transmute it and some of that has to do with like again I think Pluto and Capricorn asking us to transmute things you know so that it doesn't break the structures of our own values or or needs um you know the way that we move through the world but anyways my yes. emotional home. It's a very tender place. Like I, I have not always felt like I could trust myself around <clears throat> certain um, triggers, right? Things that trigger me yeah. or things that, you know, so yeah, learning to just cry about it instead, or, you know, has felt more okay, but I have cancer in my first house. Oh, do you? I'm just like, yeah, I have a Gemini (laughs) rising, but it's like 27 degrees. So when I really learned, I was like, oh, I'm cancer in the first house. It's like, oh, that makes way more sense because I'll cry about it first. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before I I don't, I don't know. I don't know why this is the way I seem to process anger, but I mean, I do know why I understand why always it's like totally an influence of my upbringing. It's not about Mm -hmm. being a woman it because in my household my mom was the angry one and my mom you know people might have said back in the day that she wore the pants in the relationship type of right bullshit but yeah but there was definitely no no for my mom I was the tender-hearted mm-hmm. Pisces and she did not relate to me not getting angry and using that anger to make me stronger so that I you know, I wasn't so about, yeah. to everything. get yeah. mad about it, Lindsay. Like, yeah. so I was definitely not discouraged. Yeah. You were asked to use your anger, but I got to watch some, I got to watch some anger be expressed on a pretty daily, scary way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty daily. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So in such a way that when I feel it bubble up in me, I think it reminds me, uh, yeah. I, I remind I remind, I, 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 oh God, I can't even talk to Dave Jennifer. That's okay. We can, we can shift that because honestly, like, I feel, I feel like we don't need to kind of go deeper with that in this moment. Yeah. Let's not, it's really, yeah. It is just that thing though, of like, um, that with just high level, I guess what I'm trying to, to say is that 
my, I'm, I'm still working on how I show up for my anger. I'm still yeah. working on how I hold yeah. that. And I, I think that's important. Theory. Like, I love that. Like I'm showing up. I speak for my anger. Yeah. Right? I speak for the trees instead of like, I'm, I'm angry. Lindsay, who is just like, whatever. Or for me, like I, I have a name for her, but she's a fucking, yeah, she shows yeah, up and I mean, she'll I'm burn still, it down. I'm still working <laughs> on it. I'm a big, like, um, I like to avoid anger. I like to stuff it down. I like to be sure that the outside I'm keeping up appearances. Yeah. Like I'm very I'm angry. I, I've always, I'm not a very like keeping up appearances person, except, you know, when I was younger, like I said, it just, I, it came out as like, I am now going to express myself as nothing but my anger. Yeah. And, um, that was out of balance and out of alignment. Yeah. And, you know, now, I have a responsibility. I, I believe it is my responsibility as a mother that I do not, you know, take this anger out, uh, on the people around me, especially not my, my child. And, um, but also that, um, you know, I, I still also let him see that it's okay that I'm I am hurt and I'm allowed to be upset by things that are upsetting Yeah, and that, uh, not talking about it and just pretending like everything is okay is also not a solution. Right. Um, so right. I mean, there's, a, that there's is a also out of alignment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just feeling those things come into balance in my life where like, I'm getting a little bit better and better each time at going like, Hey, to my friends. I, this is where I'm at right now. And I could use some support and maybe this thing that we committed to, maybe I really can't show up for that thing the way I wanted to today. And can we actually instead just talk about my feelings mm-hmm. about this thing that I know we've, I've talked about it a million times before, but I need to talk about it again. Right. Right. And there's, there's <laughs> that's just where I'm at. Again, like with, with Mars and Pisces, there's this, I'm going to fight for my heart. I think that yeah. that feels really like if we can pull the little thread out and just say, I'm going to fight for my heart. I'm going to fight I'm fighting for my heart. For. And, um, you know, and yeah, I really got to, it was just a beautiful experience to go like, okay, like I fought for my heart and it worked out. Yeah. Well, and and so, yeah, you know, Jupiter and Neptune made that conjunction and, you know, that's, that's like Santa Claus and King Triton, like getting together, you know, uh, saying, let's throw a little party and everybody gets presents. So I think, you know, hopefully that helped out with other people, you know, so we're looking at this new moon that's an eclipse tomorrow. Let's, we're going to, we're going to talk about that at least before we, before we go. And the new moon eclipse is happening at 10 degrees Taurus, which is in everybody's chart. Everybody has that place in your chart. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's also a Venus conjunct to Jupiter this weekend. Venus conjunct Jupiter is like super sexy, super sexy energy. Super like, you know, kind of like um, it's rich. It's um, it's good travel vibes. It's good. Like if you're, if you're somewhere, you know, it's good. It's like going to the Rose garden. It's getting, mm-hmm. you know, um, going to a place where it feels luxurious and, and expansive, right. You're learning yeah. about the beauty of some place right now that may be an internal place for you, right. If, te- if, if, um, if this is, ha- if this eclipse is happening on the bottom half of your 
chart, like in the one through six houses, you might be like, I'm going to be at home. I'm going to be in my body. I'm going to do things within that structure inside. <clears throat> if it happens to be in the top, it might be a little more social, but it might be with specific kinds of people in your social structure or so, yeah. So where is, yeah. Yeah. So if, if, so am I looking at where Taurus is on my chart? Or yeah. If you look at 10 chart? degrees, so look at 10 degrees Taurus oh, okay. uh, in your chart. Okay. I, I don't, I'm not saying I have the right one in front of me to actually That's do okay. maths on this. I just, yeah. And we don't have to analyze uh, your for, right, for all of us listening, anybody yes. listening, you look you at 10, that, you mean where Taurus is not where the planets are. Okay, cool. Yes. So you look at that outer elliptical and you find Taurus and mm -hmm. Taurus, just like every other sign has 30 degrees from zero to 29. And there will be, um, yeah, 10 degrees Taurus is like the first third. So you look at that and you say, well, what house is that in? And then you can look up a pretty simple, I think we went through it last time, like, but you can look up a pretty simple diagram of what each house represents. And you can kind of think to yourself, like, especially with the Venus conjunct Jupiter, like I'm going to receive some gifts. We've got that also sextile to the North node and Pluto that just went retrograde. So there's all this transformative, nourishing, um, highly like highly aesthetic beautiful yeah. energy coming in all kind of working to transform something that maybe felt ugly hard um in this liminal space and all of a sudden maybe you get this vision mm. of what it could be because an, an eclipse also is like a portal that opens and closes all at once so mm. I'm putting that out there that, you know, this weekend will be really powerful for people to really appreciate something mm -hmm. that perhaps went unappreciated, um, something to be sustained and or solidified, which is Taurus stuff in your life and say, no, this belongs here. I'm going to give it a place. Yeah. I'm not going to have it in a closet or I'm not going to not use it. I'm not going to, you know, maybe you pull out, you know, this you know, this piece of wisdom that you had at one point that you learned during a certain part of your life, you learned, um, and, and it all the sudden comes into crystallization and, and, and mm -hmm. is a gift to the present time that was yeah. ugly and that was not fun or comfortable. And it's all coming into alignment because it transformed you. You're not the person who experienced that shit. You're the person that has experienced that shit and has learned since then. Right. So yeah, we're, we're kind exactly. of, you know, and we're having this portal opening and closing for a reason. So I think a lot of us are going to experience that kind of like, you know, and, and it's not going to be like some crazy fuck. I mean, like a lot of people say it's like, Ooh, aha. But what, what I think it feels more like is like, wow, my emotional house is a safe place. Maybe, right. Maybe it yeah. feels more like I'm home, um, yeah. I'm home in this, in this place. This is, this is in alignment for me. Um, who I am now. And I'm going to claim that, Yes, you know, and, and I'm going to claim it because I know that it's good. Oh my God. So much. Yes. Well, I, I sign on the dotted line for my placement <laughs> on Monday. So Thank this you. weekend, maybe this is exactly what I was meant to yeah. celebrate. Yeah. And all those so, things that kind of were tr trying to kind of coagulate in order mm -hmm. to align that for you. Yeah. And show you too, and all of us, I think, because there is always going to be the ugly with 
the wonderful, the things that, that disrupt us as well as, as align us. And it helps us to remember why we want to show up the way we do and why we want to pay attention. We want to pay attention to those things that, that, that have us feeling in alignment because where, you know, where, where our attention goes, that's where the energy, you know, goes. And, um, Mm -hmm. Taurus definitely wants you to nourish that soil. You know, your roots Mm -hmm. are going to grow in there. So, um, I think, um, there's a really good, um, like you can have a ritual reflection time cleaning this weekend, any activity that feels cathartic as a renewal of some aspect of our lives is going to be in alignment. So if you feel called to do that, make that so, um, but there is these gifts of beauty coming through wisdom and growth, um, that we're all kind of experiencing. It's about heart mind connection as well. So if there's something that's conflicting Mm -hmm. in your mind, you know, we're in this pre-shadow of the retrograde. So our minds might be a little, um, slower too than normal, which Mm -hmm. is helpful sometimes, you know, I think a lot of retrogrades get a little flack, but as long as, um, that you sounds lovely, actually. Giving yourself in permission this- to slow that shit down and say, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slither like the snake along with this one. I'm gonna get close to the ground. I'm gonna get on my belly and feel it instead of. Did you ever like there was like um oh an ant experiences life like this because he's so close to the ground he's like walking over every little blade of grass and right. then like an elephant just fucking like trees don't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's it's perspective. It is perspective. Yeah. We all have our own hills to climb. We do. I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) So I hope that everyone has a lovely eclipse. Yes. And yeah, wherever they are under the stars on these, yeah, in this cosmos. Yeah. Well, right. Um, yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Yeah. Then then. till then. Yeah, two weeks or so. In two weeks. In two weeks. Um, when the moon will be full in um, Scorpio and it'll be another eclipse. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear all about that. Yeah. You'll okay. feel it first. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like this or want to share it, please do, please do. Helps uh, the algorithm gremlins get this podcast out into the hands of other like-minded witches just like you who are interested in astrology and philosophy and uh, contemplating the universe. So I also encourage you to go to paintagoddess.com and check out what we've got going on. I can do readings for you. You can join the lab and learn it for yourself. I also do in-person readings in the Pacific Northwest and would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. I hope to see you next week.